on this episode of Long Riders Radio. All the way from Pakistan, we'll talk with Moeen Khan from a differentagenda.com about the trip he took from San Francisco to Pakistan. Coming up on Long Riders Radio. Long Riders, welcome to episode 21 of Long Riders Radio. Justin here, and uh, hopefully a pleasant surprise to have a episode of Long Riders Radio in your podcast player a little sooner than it would normally be. Um, decided to mix things up a little bit on the podcast here. Um, I've got probably three or four interviews scheduled next week, and was quickly coming to the realization that if I waited for a month to put this out, that uh, it was really going to be a one long episode or I'd have to at least break it up into two or possibly three. So what I've decided to do in the near term is basically as soon as I get an interview done, I'm going to put it out and we'll see. It may it probably is going to mean that the episodes are a little bit shorter than uh, you've come to experience, but hopefully that's a good thing. And hopefully it's shorter episodes, but more often. So we'll see how that goes um, as we move through the summer. I'm expecting to have quite a bit of uh, ex- quite a bit of content here, as we have uh, lots of rallies going on, and uh, there'll be lots to talk about in that in that uh, realm. So today's episode, though, has nothing to do with rallying whatsoever. In fact, it's probably the furthest from rallying you could get. Um, this is a, uh, a a suggestion that listener Quentin Lewis gave us uh, a couple a couple months ago about Moeen Khan from a different agenda.com. And Moeen is uh, a, a guy from, he's originally from Pakistan, came to school in the United States and really didn't like the way that he saw Pakistan being portrayed in the news media as it's just a bunch of terrorists over there and nothing good ever comes out of it. And he's, and he's thinking, okay, there's all sorts of good things that I've seen coming out of my country. So he decided to take a ride from, he finished up school in San Francisco, decided to, to ride home, essentially, to Lahore, Pakistan. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. That That's a ride that happened three or four years ago. So um, it's it's not exactly the, the most current thing in the world, but I thought it was an interesting story, and people might find it interesting. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what he's doing uh, coming up in the future. In uh, my world, not a whole lot really going on riding-wise. Uh, haven't had a ton of opportunity to get out on the bike lately. Uh, helped my daughter celebrate her fifth birthday last weekend, so uh, definitely no time for riding after that. It was a, a good time had by all there. And uh, yeah, just getting ready for the BMRX coming up here in uh, towards the end of, uh, excuse me, the beginning of June. So uh, getting the bike ready for that. Got to get new tires, take it in for service, all the, the normal things that you do to get ready for a rally. So uh, enough about me. Let's start talking with Moeen. Here he is, Moeen Khan. All right, on the line t- today, we've got Moeen Khan. Moeen is a and actually around the world right now, halfway around the world in Pakistan, uh, talking to us on the phone. Moeen did a ride a couple of years ago that he called A Different Agenda, where he rode from San Francisco to Lahore, Pakistan. And he didn't exactly go in a straight line either, but uh, his main message as he was going around the world was to talk to people about what what's really going on in, in Pakistan and basically not what you're hearing on the news, which isn't exactly the whole truth all the time. So, Moeen, welcome to Long Riders Radio. Thank you so much, Justin, and everybody uh, listening to this uh, uh, podcast interview 
I'm really excited to be on here. Uh, we've been uh, working together, uh, Justin and I, scheduling this for a while. You know, the 12-hour difference uh, is, is, uh, makes it hard, but I'm really excited to be on here. Yeah, it's uh, it's the middle of the night right now, so Moeen was 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 great was gracious enough to uh, to come on after he gets off work. So, uh, Moeen, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing with a different agenda? So, a different agenda started in 2011. Uh, you know, as you uh, as you said earlier, I rode a motorcycle from San Francisco to Pakistan, and that was a six month journey, uh, 25,000 miles, 40,000 kilometers. I crossed 22 countries, and the main idea behind this journey was to let the world meet a Pakistani. Uh, there was a lot of negative news uh, out of Pakistan in the in the international media, and it used to uh, it used to bother me a lot. And initially, uh, I was riding, I was planning a ride up to Alaska from San Francisco. Uh, but as I said, the negative news out of Pakistan uh, made me ditch Alaska and ride to Pakistan. And uh, after the journey uh, ended, you know, I I uh, I thought it'll be cool to explore Pakistan a little bit because I've been, you know, uh, halfway around the world and I haven't really seen my own country. So I bought a 1962. Vespa scooter for $90 and I painted it yellow and I rode it up the Himalayas, the famous Karakuram Highway and all the way to the China-Pakistan border, uh, which is uh, at uh, 14,400 feet. And I fell in love with Pakistan after this scooter ride. It was unbelievable. Wow. That, that must have been a heck of a trip. Yeah, it was uh, It was quite a trip. It was on a regular motorcycle, even a small 125cc uh, Honda motorcycle. It takes you about three days to get up to uh, the Pakistan-China border, uh, but it took me 19 days because the damn scooter wouldn't go over 20 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when when you're when you're riding up there, I'm assuming are you just at, I mean at at the end of the day are you just camping on the side of the road or are you staying in a in a inn or some sort or how do you how are you dealing with sleeping accommodations? Yeah, so in 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 Pakistan, you know, the uh, when you if you follow too much news, uh, you're you know the media tries to scare you away from Pakistan. However, the people are so hospitable here; it's unbelievable. And uh, on on the scooter, on my scooter ride, um, I had a tent with me. I camped um, right by uh, a few gas stations behind the gas station. I I camped at the highest polo field in the world, which is at 12,200 feet. Polo is huge in Pakistan. You know, it's a rich man's sport. Uh, but over here, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's everybody plays polo. And uh, it's the highest polo field is in Pakistan. So I got to camp there. It was, it was magical. And the coolest part about that journey was that I, you know, you know, I said earlier that I fell in love with Pakistan once again. And that was because out of those 19 days, I only paid for two meals. Out of 19 days, I only paid for two meals because the locals of every city, every town I passed through, they wouldn't let me pay for 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 food, for water, for anything I wanted. Uh, actually, a few times, people, random strangers on the road came and, and helped me fill the tank of my scooter. And uh, And, you know, these are people who are very poor. They... Uh, they're well below the the average, uh, you know, they make maybe like $2, $3 a day, and they're ready to spend $5 on you. 
and the hospitality over is just magical and uh, you know this this country just doesn't uh, disappoint me despite all the bad things that the media says you know i moved back to pakistan uh, i'm a, i'm a us citizen i'm a, i have a dual nationality and uh, my life was amazing in san francisco i was living by the beach um in 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 outer sunset in in the city and i had five motorcycles i would surf i would ride motorcycles track days but you know this country is so magical and it's so there's so much potential in pakistan that you know i just i just had to come back so you mentioned san francisco what what brought you to san francisco um what brought me to san francisco well my um i finished my high school here in pakistan and uh, at the time my elder brother was in San Jose which is about 40 minutes from San Francisco he was going to school there and what brought him there was my uncle who moved to the US in the 19 uh in 1985 or something before I was born uh, he moved there for school and I have no idea why he moved there but my brother went there he stayed with my uncle for uh, a couple months and he went to university and he was living on his own and then once he was there when I finished school my parents decided to ship me uh out to San Francisco San Jose area and um, I went to the city um with friends a few times and I fell with, fell in love with the city uh, I think San Francisco is one of the coolest places in the world and uh, then I transferred my credits from San Jose to the city and I I lived there for 6 years Wow okay so what went into your planning I mean I I I'm going to point out too that you've got a ton of YouTube videos and I've watched a couple of them. In one of your videos you say that you don't know how to read a map, you don't know anything about planning and you can't afford a GPS. So, how did how did you plan this trip? Yeah, so I'm I'm not a planner whatsoever. I I can't plan an hour out of my life. So planning a trip like that was out of the question. So I told myself I'm not going to plan anything. I'm going to let the locals of every city, every town guide me towards Pakistan. But the but the uh, unfortunate news was there are a lot of people in the world who didn't know where Pakistan was and so I got lost many times. Every day I would get lost about 50 times. And um, I I hate maps. I just don't like maps. I feel uh, with maps you don't you're never lost and I only enjoy when I'm lost when I don't know what city I am in or I don't know what state I am in. That's 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 where the fun begins for me. So I decided to not carry any maps and I at the time didn't have any money for a GPS and you know getting all the maps for you know downloading all the maps for that and it, it was just too expensive. and uh, the only thing i actually planned was the financial part of the trip um i read online different forums that you needed that i needed about 40000 dollars to do this trip and uh, i needed a 20000 dollar bmw 1200 gs to to ride this uh, to to you know uh, to do this trip however i uh, started working for 18 months i was working three different jobs Uh, I was a swim instructor at two different swim schools and I was doing a, uh, I was working at a startup company in San Mateo uh, I was doing some marketing stuff for them so 18 months I didn't have a single holiday even on Sundays I was working at the swim school um and uh, I wanted to save money to do this trip I wanted to save up $60,000 to buy a nice bike and uh, and hit the road however uh, you know uh, just a couple months uh, into three jobs uh, I I found out that you know it's it's really I'm not really saving enough money and so I let go my apartment I sold everything I owned um 
my PlayStation, my TV, even I let go my apartment. I sold my old clothes, all of them for like hundred and forty dollars in the city at a at a thrift store. It was it was it was just I was going all in. Um, and even then, I was I was staying at a friend's garage. I was staying uh, with some cousins. Um, you know, every day I'd be at someone someone else's house. And it, finally, uh, the 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 biggest, the craziest uh, thing before the trip was I ate boiled rice and ketchup for 18 months straight to save up money for this. So this is this is how badly I wanted to show another side of Pakistan to the world. I wanted to show them. I wanted to tell them that we Pakistanis. You know, you see us in the media. We uh, there's always a you know a, a bomb blast and a Pakistani man standing next to it, or you know the next clip, or uh, you know the stereotypes used to bother me way too much. So this is how badly I wanted to show the world and tell the world that we Pakistanis aren't what you see on the media. We Pakistanis ride motorcycles and we we can do cool stuff just like everybody else. And I think it was it was uh, it it kind of paid off because. Uh, I I went to random strangers' houses. They invited me over um, many times in the U.S., Canada. Uh, it, it was it was just unbelievable. And Dustin, um, uh, I crashed in Romania. Uh, I was in the hospital for a month and a half. Then I posted on my Facebook page that you know I crashed and I'm looking for a new bike. And this random stranger, Gwen, her name is Gwen, and I had never spoken to her, never met her before. She just emailed me saying. Why are you looking for a new bike? We would love to see you finish the journey on the same bike. And you know how I wanted to buy this BMW GS1200, this nice adventure bike? I didn't have enough money. Before the trip, I uh, uh, saved up $11,000. Uh, I was aiming for sixty, but I came up short a little bit. So I bought a 2002 Honda CBR600 FRI, the sport bike. And so, you know, all these followers people who were following me, they wanted to see the same bike making it all the way to Pakistan. So people started sending me parts, donating me parts from Poland, the front brake system, master cylinder cables, discs, calipers, brake pads came from Poland from a random stranger. The exhaust system with the manifold came from Bulgaria, radiator from Romania, and two big boxes of parts came from California. So these random strangers were helping helping a Pakistani who's supposedly a terrorist uh, in the media. So it, it felt amazing. The support I received from all over the world was just was just unbelievable. It's really an amazing story. Now, when I was looking at your map, it looks like, did you actually ship your bike uh, across the across the ocean? Yeah, so as I said, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a planner. So uh, when I was, uh, when I left San Francisco, I had no idea where to ship the bike from. And when I got to got to New York, um, I I got on got on the internet and started searching up different companies. And there was this company who would ship bikes uh, to to Europe. And I asked them which is the cheapest port. You know, so every port has different fees. And and I I didn't have enough money, so I found out that there's this little port in the north of Germany, north of Hamburg, Bremerhaven, and that's the cheapest port uh, to get your bike out of the ship ship uh, uh, warehouse and so I, I shipped the bike for for like i don't know 800 dollars and i flew to flew to germany and three weeks later i i got my bike and uh, you know got back on it and uh, started riding again and the map is pretty uh, the old map on my page uh, it's uh, i think it goes through like 17 or 18 countries but I, as i said earlier i i got lost way too many times and i ended up uh, 
crossing 22 countries. So one of those countries that you traveled through was Iran, which I think was would be right up there with Pakistan in terms of Americans not having probably the best uh, be, the best knowledge and the opinion of of what goes on in those in that country. Can you talk about riding through Iran? Yes, uh, Iran was uh, so I crossed into Iran from Turkey, and uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, but when I was in Iran uh, in 2011 December. That was the time when um, the Iranians um, uh, hacked one of the U.S. drones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, and and I was I w- I entered Iran on the same day when they hacked that drone, and they were really feeling proud of it. And um, I had an American flag on my jacket. The first flag uh, on the top of my jacket was an American flag, and. A lot of people told me to hide it and not show it. You're entering Iran, you'll be, you know, they won't like it. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go in with the flag, cross the border with the flag. I'm not going to take my jacket off. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to I'm gonna show them, yes, you know, I'm, I'm from the U.S. Uh, and if they tell me uh, anything, I'm going to tell them how cool people in the U.S. were. They helped me out uh, when I crashed. They... Uh, let me sleep in their house. They they fed me many times, uh, you know, in different states uh, uh, all over the U.S. And the, my agenda, a different agenda, is not just about me telling the world how cool Pakistan is or how cool Iran is. My different agenda is all about telling people from Iran and Pakistan that people in the U.S. are un- unbelievable as well. You know, uh, every country, after all my travels, I've learned that there are more good people than bad people in every in every country, and every country has some no-go areas. So Iran, just like Pakistan, just like the U.S., there are some no-go areas in every country. You know, you can't go to the Compton area in L.A. wearing the wrong colors or south side of Chicago. There's some weird stories about that area. You know, and people are scared of Detroit. I spent a, a night in Detroit on the road. It was unbelievable. I, I met helpful people there as well. So uh, Iran was Iran was amazing as well. Every day I would... Uh, stop to eat somewhere, lunch, dinner, whatever. People just won't let me pay for uh, pay for food at all. And uh, you, uh, to get gas, you need to be a member of certain um, I don't know organization to get gas and something. They have a credit card sort of thing, and you get cheaper gas with that. And I didn't have that, so I had to pay like three times more of a regular Irani citizen would pay for gas. But every time I got to the station somebody would get out of the car and swipe their card just so I could fill up uh, my bike with their card and I would just pay them cash. So Iranis are, are unbelievably helpful. And, you know, my motorcycle had a California license plate. And nobody, people used to ask me, are you from the U.S.? And I was like, yeah, I'm from the U.S. And they would hug me. And it, it, was, it was unbelievable, the hospitality. So uh, after you finished your trip, you've, you've done quite a bit um, since then. Do you want to talk about, you started a school, didn't you? Yes, I uh, 11 months ago I went to this uh, I went to this little town about 25 minutes uh, outside of the city I live in Lahore and I found out that there's this town where there's no school for girls and the closest school to that village is about 25 minutes away and uh, and the boys of that village could hitchhike on a tractor trailer passing through and make it to that school but the girls couldn't and so I went to that village. I met the elders of that village. It's a tiny little village. And um, I went to them. I was like, you know, what is that one thing that you guys 
want really badly. I wanted them to ask me uh, to make a school there. You know, I didn't want to just tell them I'm going to build a school here. And uh, the elders were just sitting and they're like, you know, many people come here. They ask us this and they never do anything. And, uh, you know, our daughters are little girls in this village. This is an old village and there's never been an educated girl out of this village. So if you can build a girl's school, that'll be awesome. And I was shocked, you know, uh, they, these people are really poor. They they work, they live on like $1 a day wages. They work 12 to 14 hours uh, out in the sun. It's, 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 not the, it's not the best place, not the best place to live. And these guys are not living in uh, amazing, um, you know, conditions. And so I, I was like, you know, I, I want to build a school here. How can you help me build a school here? So one of the guys proposed, one of the elders who... He's like, you know, I have this little hut, uh, just just walking distance from this village. And if you if you can make a, a, another a room or two right next to the hut and start your school, I'm not going to charge you anything. So there's no rent uh, issues over there. And I started a school 11 months ago with 24 little girls. Today we have 72 little girls uh, coming to that school. Education, books, uniform, everything's free for them. And I've been funding the school myself from the last 11 months. Oh, that's really cool. It's it, it's amazing. If it, it, it feels amazing, it helps me sleep better at night. <laughs> yeah. So you've also made a movie, haven't you? Yes. Uh, I think the movie is, is uh, after the school, that's the coolest thing uh, I've done so far, a different agenda has done so far. Uh, so about the movie, you know, as I said, uh, I went on the scooter, and I, after the scooter ride, I fell in love with Pakistan, and I... Sh- posted pictures of my scooter ride on different motorcycle forums in the U.S. and, uh, you know, the famous advrider.com on it's the world's biggest uh, adventure forum. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly, I suddenly ha- felt this interest from different people around the world wanting to come to Pakistan. They would ask me questions and I would actually take time to answer, you know, all the questions uh, on these uh, forums about Pakistan. And finally, in 2013, I managed to convince two people, Michael and Kyle from, from San Francisco and Santa Cruz, to come over to Pakistan and ride motorcycles with me. They, they flew over to Lahore and we rode motorcycles for 26 days. It was unbelievable. Uh, we went through the Himalayas, the Karakuram, the Hindu Kush Mountains, to the highest polo field in the world, to the biggest, uh, highest plains in the world. Uh, to the, big, the highest border in the world. It was just magical. And these guys fell in love with Pakistan. And these guys helped me promote Pakistan even more. And so 2014 saw 14 people come into Pakistan. Uh, it was a big group, so I split them up into two groups. The first group was nine folks, uh, seven guys, and uh, two ladies riding motorcycles, all of them from California. Eight from California, one from Malaysia. And uh, the guy from Malaysia, his name is TK. He was 61 years old. And I took these nine folks for 14 days uh, through the Himalayas, through the China border, and back down to Islamabad. It was magical. And I thought, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll give out an amazing message to the world that, you know, how uh, with, the, with the Muslim world, it's, it's like stereotypical that women don't get rights. Women have to cover their head. Women have to, they're not allowed to drive and all of that, I wanted to show people that that is not true. And so women riding motorcycles in the Himalayas, it was just magical. And so I took a little film crew, uh, Ali and Raja. They followed us with 
you know, DSLR cameras. We had about 10 GoPros, one on each rider. And we filmed all 14 days. And seven months later, after the gruesome editing of that film, we came out with a 15-minute documentary that shows the true picture of Pakistan. Nothing was edited. Nothing was script-written. Nothing was... There was no second takes. It was just whatever was going on in those 14 days was recorded and edited into this 15-minute documentary. And the most amazing thing about this documentary is that I was invited to two events in the U.S., in California, to come to come show uh, this film. I ended up staying in, Calif- in, in the U.S. for 96 days, and I did 38 shows in different universities, all the Ivy Leagues, Columbia University, and Princeton, and UPenn, and Stanford, and University of Pittsburgh, and Berkeley, and Toronto, and Canada, and then I flew to um, London, SOAS University and Imperial College and Manchester and Sheffield and Trinity College in Ireland. It was just magical. The whole, I felt like I was showing the world this awesome documentary, the most organic documentary ever, that, you know, the true and honest picture of Pakistan. It was, it was unbelievable. Where, where can we find it? Where can we see it? So you can um, log on to my Facebook page, which is A Different Agenda, no spaces, A Different Agenda, and uh, scroll down and you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll have to maybe scroll down a dozen um, posts and you'll see my documentary. Or you could go to vimeo.com and search for A Different Agenda. Um, what I'm going to do is just for you, Justin, and the people listening, I'm going to share the link to this documentary on my page again today, just so when you log on to my page, you can easily find the link to the documentary. Great. That'd be wonderful. So uh, one of the things we do is we ask everyone a series of 12 questions. We call it our long distance dozen. Uh, are you game for that? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I promise. That, I promise they're not anything like the questions you got asked on motorcycles and misfits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's do this. All right, first question: What was your first motorcycle and why? My first motorcycle was a Kawasaki Vulcan, 1985 750cc. Um, it was that was my first bike because that bike was twelve hundred dollars, and I had in my bank about. $500 and I borrowed money from about six different people to buy that bike. Uh, but that's a cruiser and I'm not the cruiser guy. I, I, I love all the people who ride cruisers, nothing against them, but I'm just personally not a cruiser guy. So I sold the bike uh, after like two months of keeping it. And, uh, and then I bought a CBR 600. Uh, you know, I got into the sport bike world and uh, you know, I, I enjoy sport bikes. All right, where'd you go on your first overnight ride? My first overnight ride was San Francisco to Lahore. <laughs> wow. That's a heck of a first overnight <laughs> ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even, the first, uh, on the first day I had to pitch my tent, and I, I didn't even know how to pitch a tent. I had never camped before. <laughs> wow. All right, what is your day job? What, do you, what, what pays for your riding habit? Um, this is a very tough question because I don't have a day job. Um, I ride motorcycles and that's what I do. And it's, it's still the same. Nothing pays my bills. Um, every month I'm in trouble because I, my, sometimes my phone is cut off and uh, I can't pay my phone bill. And uh, I make my, my dad, uh, who's retired, who doesn't have any money anymore. And uh, I make him pay for my food. But, um, um, 
from the from the last uh, few months, I've been working with uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew this is the soft drink company. Um, I've been a brand ambassador for them for the last two years, and I've uh, been you know uh, promoting more motorcycles, motorcycle adventure, motorcycle safety, and all of that for Mountain Dew all over Pakistan. Um, and uh, you know that is kind of kind of sort of paying my bills uh, these days. Okay, so next question. What is your favorite non-motorcycling hobby? My non-motorcycle hobby is has to be uh well it, it it's different now. When I was uh, in the US, it was surfing. I uh I was addicted to surfing although I I don't know how to surf. I suck at it. I got my first wave after 4 months of trying. Uh but just it was just so uh the feeling of being on on the board on the water uh, it was just magical so uh, i think in the us it was motorcycles and now when i'm off the motorcycle my favorite hobby is planning another ride and uh, and i don't know i've i've come to learn that it's not about your physical fitness or or your physical training you can actually go do big things in life without worrying about anything else. I think it's all up in your head. So my next big adventure is I'm riding a bicycle for about 30 days nonstop from the highest border, uh, highest international border in the world down to Lahore. Uh, it's it's going to be about uh, 30, 35 days nonstop on the bicycle. So I, I've been planning for that. At least you're going downhill. <laughs> yeah, but the last time I was, I, I've never entered the gym and uh, I'm sure being physically fit he- would help a lot, but uh, I don't think, uh, I don't know, I think it's more the determination and the motivation is more, for me, just my opinion, for me, it's more important than being physically fit and eating good. And, you know, I don't really take care of myself. I, uh, I, don't, I don't promote this, but just for me, it works. Right. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite road? I'm guessing you've been on a lot of them. My favorite road, there are a bunch of favorite roads. Um, one of my favorite roads is in the world is from Gilgit to Skardu. Uh, it's a six-hour stretch, and it's right next to, on the right side, when you're going on your right side, there's the mighty Indus River flowing through, uh, and the road goes up uh, a few hundred feet, uh, the Indus River, and then it goes down, and it's right, you're riding right next to the Indus River, and uh, the the water hits the rocks, and it, 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 it you feel the water in your helmet. It's it's magical. And on the left side, you have the biggest mountains in the world, and it's uh, it's my favorite ride. Outside of Pakistan, my favorite ride has to be uh, the famous Selvio Pass, which is in Italy. It has uh, I don't know a few hundred turns, hairpin turns, and it's it's a very 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 beautiful pass. And I think that's that's one of my favorite roads as well. Okay, so on the flip side of that, what's your least favorite road? My least favorite road is where there are no turns. So any highway, the Autobahn in Germany, uh, highway, uh, highway 101 or Highway 5 or Route 66, I, I don't like these roads very much. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever there are more twisties in the mountains, I like that. Yeah. All right. Okay, so this next question is going to be interesting, given a, a previous answer you've given. And I'm guessing you probably don't use any of these, but 
if you did use a GPS, would you use uh, Garmin Basecamp, Microsoft Streets and Trips, or a paper map, or none of the above? Uh, I think it has to be none of the above because I've actually never planned a route in my life. Um, I actually haven't. I just went from last month, I went from Philly to California without a map, without a GPS, and I got lost many times, and it was amazing. So I've actually never looked at a map in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, so if you get a new motorcycle, what's the first sparkle or accessory you're going to put on it? Uh, the first, uh, I think I think uh, suspension. Uh, uh, suspension is my biggest thing. So anything, uh, you know, better springs, better rear shock, um, and and get it done with uh, get it done by the famous Dave Moss. I think that's my dream to have Dave Moss uh, working on my bike. <laughs> right. What is what is your current uh, current bike right now? Right now, I still have the same uh, CBR 600 SRI parked in my garage. Uh, it you know it uh, I went head on in a car. The impact was at about 200 kilometers an hour in Romania. This guy coming uh, my way. I took an illegal left turn and I went head on in it. So it's it's not the. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, very safe to ride that bike. But I have about 11 Vespa scooters. I um, I am a big fan of old vintage technology, and uh, I have 11 Vespa scooters, and I ride a different color Vespa scooter every day. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you ever, when you were in the United States, have you ever done a motorcycle rally? Um motorcycle rally i think there's this uh there's this uh motorcycle forum called bayareariders.forum.com mm-hmm. and i did some group rides with them a few uh, a few hour ride and and stuff like that but uh, nothing like nothing big uh, you know nothing like a big motorcycle rally i would love to be a part of one but i haven't really gotten the chance to 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 ride with a lot of people okay so what's the most what's your favorite or most interesting place you've ever visited I think the most interesting place. Uh, it's it's such a difficult question, um, but uh, I think the most interesting place would have will have to be uh, San Francisco uh, because I think it's the most diverse city in the world. And I had friends uh, in San Francisco from almost every country. I remember we were in a I was in a in a class and there were about uh, eighty students in that class and there were about 60 different countries, 62 different countries were were represented in that class. So, you know, you don't get a lot of uh, places in the world like this. You know, people from all over the world come to uh, San Francisco and, uh, you know, go to school or work. And it's, it's just my, one of my favorite cities. And if there's any place other than Lahore, my hometown, uh, I would choose to live, it will, it will have to be San Francisco. Okay, so last question on the on the LD dozen. How do you pass the time as you're on the when you're on the road? Are you listening to music? You listen to audiobooks? You just sit and watch the scenery go by? What do you do? Uh, so I, I'm really weird. I never uh, listen to music when I'm on the bike. Uh, I like to talk to myself uh, when I'm when I'm in my helmet. Um, how I pass my time? I I look for people to talk to on the road and if i see somebody on the side of the road uh, just walking i would just stop and start talking to them this is my this is my motivation when i talk to locals um it, it gives me more motivation to keep carrying on listen to their story and um i'm just looking for that next person who i would i would like to talk to and i stop 
every day I I stop maybe like every 20 minutes I'm, I stop to talk to people and that's why that's why I have to uh, you know I I don't like riding in the dark but I lose waste so much time talking to people <laughs> that I usually have to keep riding till midnight. <laughs> that's great. All right, you've completed our LD dozen questions. I got one more, one other question. Just what's what have you got coming up in the future? What's your next, uh, what's your next great adventure? So my next great adventure, um, I think uh, on May fifteenth, I'm heading to Mongolia to ride a horse for sixteen days. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to ride a horse because I've never ridden one uh, ever. <laughs> And uh, but I got invited to Mongolia. Uh, Turkish Airlines actually invited me over to Mongolia to to ride a horse for 16 days. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Once I get back from Mongolia, five six days later, I'm gonna do this biggest bicycle ride ever uh, in Pakistan anybody has done. I'm really excited about that. And then I have four tours planned uh, for for 2015. Uh, a lot more foreigners are wanting to come to to Pakistan to ride motorcycles with me up in the Himalayas. So if anybody listening is interested, shoot me an email or go to my website at ridethekkh.com. That's r i d e t h e k k h dot com. Uh, you can get some information there and uh, and uh, come ride Pakistan with me. And the next great adventure is gonna be hopefully, hopefully, inshallah. February of 2016, February or March 2016, I'm gonna ride, uh, do one more solo big ride. That's gonna be from Alaska to Argentina. I've been planning and uh, really, really, really want to do this badly. And I think it's time I I get out of my comfort zone, uh, which is on a horse and a bicycle <laughs> and being in Pakistan and get get out there. <laughs> yeah, and you know I, I don't know why, but it's my dream. It's my dream to. I don't see I don't see this dream happening because I just don't have enough money. But it's my dream to ride from Alaska to Argentina on a BMW S1000 RR. There you go. So it's 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 a dream. I don't see this uh, dream happening uh, this time. But uh, let's see. You never know. Uh, maybe after this uh, after this interview, uh, somebody calls me from BMW. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, if they're gonna call you from BMW, call me next. <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome. all right so that's uh that's moeen khan from a different agenda.com uh i'll post all the relative links in the show notes and moeen thank you very much for uh for talking to us today justin it was uh it was by far one of the best interviews i had i think uh, thank you so much for having me on air all right thank you thank you have a great day guys All right, and thanks again to Moeen for uh getting up well staying up in the middle of the night in pakistan to uh to uh talk with us that it was very interesting setting up that call because obviously Pakistan is exactly on the other side of the world for me and so a 12 hour time difference is very interesting and uh when it, when it comes to trying to schedule a, an interview and uh I would after after I talked to him I was really had this little moment of pause and like you know I was just talking to someone on the other side of the planet that's just amazing to me so uh pretty cool thing to be able to talk to Moeen Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna post up in the show notes all the the links that Moeen talked about. He, uh, um, the first one would be where to get in contact with him, and then you can go to a differentagenda.com, or you can also go to www.ridethekkh.com. That's Kilo Kilo Hotel, 
Uh, and that's the, um, if you want to go ride with him, that's where you go. So I'll post all that stuff up in the, on the, in the show notes. The other one I wanted to mention is if you go to a, di- a different agenda.com in the upper right hand corner of the screen, there's a link there to, uh, donate to his, his school that he talked about in the interview, his girls school. So I just wanted to point that out to everyone, everyone, if, uh, something you're interested in, head over to a different agenda.com on the home front here. Uh, I think. If you've been paying attention to the Facebook page, you've seen that the stickers have arrived. I decided to do a little bumper sticker uh, that said Long Riders Radio on it. It's got our uh, our little logo that I made. And I did it through Sticker Mule, and it came out looking great. I was really happy with the quality of the of the product they gave us. So um, those are there's a link to where you can buy your own uh, up on the, on the uh, Facebook page and on the website. Uh, over at Sticker Mule. You'll buy them directly from them. They cost $3.55, free shipping. Get them to you. And I guarantee you this is the least expensive Farkle you'll put on your motorcycle. So go grab one, stick it on the back of your bike, uh, show your uh, that you're a listener to Long Riders Radio, and uh, help get the word out about the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I got a couple of other ideas for a couple of different stickers that I'm going to try up there. Um, the uh, we'll we'll see how those turn out once I uh, once I get them the the initial batch printed if I actually put them up there so uh, head over to the website and you can get your very own all right that'll do it for this episode of Long Riders Radio you know as always I want to thank this show's founder Mr Michael Cox you know not many people know this but Mike used to be in the rodeo and he did that before he got into long distance motorcycling and he uh, he told me about the transition one time and he said I think it's time I. I get out of my comfort zone, uh, which is on a horse. We'll see you next time on Long Riders Radio. Ride safe.